Our text is Isaiah chapter 26, verses 19 through 21. As we preach on the pre-tribulation rapture, as taught in Isaiah. Now, this is going to be something, I, I'll, I'll say more about it later, but uh, I, I want you to understand the rapture is in the book of Isaiah, but it's in the Old Testament as well. I'll say more about that in just a little bit, but sometimes we don't always fully understand something. You know, it's like the little boy, uh, his grandpa was sick and in the hospital, and so uh, Nana says, would you like to go see your grandpa, buddy? And she, he said, yeah, yeah, I want to see grandpa. So she takes him on up there to get to the hospital. She points out, he's just right over in that room. She says, now he's in that room. She's going to let him go in first. And so she's out there acting like she's talking to the nurse where, so that little boy can go in and see him first. He goes in and says, grandpa, grandpa, are you all right? He said, yes. He said, well, grandpa, would you, would you make us sound like a frog? He said, son, why do you want me to make us sound like a frog? Because Nana said, as soon as you croak, we're, we're, we're going <laughs> to go to whatever world, okay? <laughs> so uh, they, they, uh, what he had there, you know, when he's, he's thinking about, well, oh boy, we get to go to uh, this place. We get to go to that place. You know, he's looking for all those things to happen when Grandpa croaks. So, so uh, that's what he thought. That's what he thought. Sometimes when we hear uh, somebody say the rapture, a lot of different thoughts come in our mind. And they may not be right thoughts. And so that's why I want you to follow along today. And <clears throat> as we go, <clears throat> excuse me, further into this uh, about the pre-tribulational rapture. In verse 19 of our text of Isaiah 26, Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body. Shall they arise? Awake and sing. Ye that dwell in dust. For the dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood, and shall no more cover her again. Well, let's pray. Father, I pray that as we go into the Word today, that Thy Holy Spirit would just take over, Lord. I, I realize my own insufficiencies, but I know that our God is fully sufficient for everything. Lord, if there's one that's not sure if they died today that heaven's their home, I pray that today would be the very day they come to know Him as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus Christ's name, 
Amen. Sometimes when you say the things about this, like the, the rapture, they think, well, we're going to go and look at the New Testament today. That's not always true. Um, today, I'm actually giving you more of an introduction because this is going to be about a three to four part Sunday morning series, all right? So I, I want to warn you that ahead of time so that you know that. Uh, the rapture, you say, well, what's that? how's that different than anything else? Okay, But uh, the rapture was in this text that we just read today. And you might say, well, how is that? Actually, we could go to Psalm chapter 90. I could show you the rapture there. We could go back into Genesis. We could see some things about the rapture there. There's places in the Bible where you can see the rapture. Uh, but you wonder, oh, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. As a matter of fact, uh, some people that disagree with the rapture say, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, in 1 Thessalonians, uh, when it says we'll be caught up together with him in the cloud, that word uh, actually comes from a Greek word that has the idea of catching up. They got the word rapture, actually, uh, they, they got it from Rome in a sense, in that it is a raptura is the way they translated it, into their language. But in all honesty, rapture is a good term to use because that's what's describing catching up. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible is never, ever, ever wrong. So, I want you to understand that just getting started here. Uh, we have many refer to the pre-tribulation rapture, as we said, as a New Testament teaching only. But my friend, the pre-tribulation rapture, whether you look at it as a New Testament or Old Testament, it's throughout the Bible. It really is. You say, well, what do you mean by the rapture, the pre-tribulational rapture? Well, what you've got to understand is that uh, there is coming a tribulation to this earth like man has never known. Now, sometimes when you preach on subjects like these, people treat them as, uh, well, let's just say it this way. They treat them as they did it back in Noah's day and even before, uh, after that in Lot's day. Noah believed when God said he was going to destroy the world with a flood of waters. He believed it. Noah believed it. He built an ark. He did everything God told him to do. He told the people they need to repent and get right with God if they're going to have a deliverance. It's coming. The people at Sodom, they give the lot this warning. Abraham believed God was going to destroy Sodom. He interceded for him hard to finally he got it down to at least if there's ten righteous people. We know that if Lot had brought his entire family to Christ, son-in-laws, all those related to him, they would have had their ten. But they weren't all there. Lot lived so much like the world that he seemed as one that mocked when he came and told them that they were going to destroy, going to destroy uh, this tomorrow. Sodom's going to be destroyed. You need to come with us. He believed. Abraham believed, but the rest of them didn't believe in this thing that they were saying was going to happen in judgment. 
And we see what happened to them in the flood. We see what happened to them in Sodom. There are too many people that laugh about a pre-tribulational rapture. There are too many people <clears throat> that have a hard time holding on to that and believing that. But the fact of the matter is, there is a pre-tribulational rapture. That is when every saved person, I didn't say every church member, I didn't say everybody who believes there's a God, I didn't say everybody that uh, is really a good person in our eyes. No, I didn't say that. They, through repentance and faith, realized they were sinners headed to hell and believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and was buried and rose from the dead. They received Him into their life as their Lord, as their God, as their Savior. They, they, they called upon Him to save their soul. They gave their life to Christ that day, and He saved them. Those are what I'm talking about, saved people, not just religious people. Religious people will be left behind at the rapture. You see, the Lord said that He would take us out before the tribulation that's going to try this world. In that tribulation hour, over half the world's population will die. Now you think about it. That is just something to me when I think about over half of the world's population dying. I mean, over 7 billion are on this planet today. If the rapture took place today, I don't know how many are saved. But I believe that it would still number in the billions of those left behind. And they'll find that over half of this world's population is destroyed in that tribulation hour. Uh, they'll be destroyed, some by hunger, some by wild beast, some by the heat of the sun, some by government, death by starvation, death by beheading, executions. evil men. Starvation. And so much more in that seven year period. Whether it's a disease, what have you, it's going to happen. Before that happens, though, we're caught out. If you're saved, you're caught out. If you're not saved, this is what's awaiting you. Now, there are people, I believe, alive today who have never heard the gospel, who never get saved in this life, or this side of the rapture, should I say, and they will enter into that period. Now, for some, they will be able to be saved. But for the most part, although some can be saved in the tribulation, many will not be able to be saved. See, some had the idea, well, look, if this rapture thing is true, I'll just wait and I'll get saved in the, uh, 
during the tribulation, because I already know then, if the rapture took place and all these people disappear at once, the graves are turned up, people have left that grave, oh, I already know. But they think I can still get saved. But the Bible tells us something differently for those people. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses uh, 7 through 12, we read this. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, but he who now letteth will let until he be taken away. Now, the mystery of iniquity is everything that Satan does and what he wants to do. The tribulation, you'll see much of what he does want to do taking place. He'll want worldwide worship. He'll want all these other things. But right now, that's not happening. Why? He who letteth. The word there, letteth, has the idea that prevents it from happening. And that one that prevents it from happening is the Holy Spirit of God. But I want you also to understand this. Once that Holy Spirit is taken away, because we're going up with Him, guess what? The Holy Spirit, when you got saved, when you received Christ as Savior, came to indwell you. He's with you. So when the Lord calls us up by the Holy Spirit, we're going up at His call. We're going up. But understand, those without Christ are left behind. If the Holy Spirit were to leave the world now, then the world would become just as bad as Satan wants it to be, that he's withheld from doing it right now. He can't do all he wants to do, but what he's done, at, as it is now, is very, very terrible. And so, at that moment, they're called out. We're caught up to be with the Lord, with a body that will be changed. And fashion like unto his glorious body, the Bible tells us. Just think. There's the body that's laid in the grave. Been there for years. Maybe it's already dust. The door is closed upon it, the casket, the, the, the stone like in the tomb, the dirt, in the burial. But when the Lord takes that body out, it's coming out. And in the very moment it's called out, it is also changed. The spirit which has been with the Lord when they died in Christ, they want to be with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, the Bible tells us in Philippians, which is far better. Didn't just say it's better. It said it's far better to be with the Lord. Now think of that. We grieve when we lose loved ones, but don't grieve for them if they were in Christ. It's far better for them. Far, far better for them than it is for us. But when all are raptured, we're given a body to be fashioned like unto His glorious body. Uh, Brother Woodard in our Sunday school class today was teaching about uh, the, those souls under the altar that were asking the Lord, how long, holy and true, does thou not, you know, uh, get, get these things taken care of? They wanted a body like some of the other ones already had up there. And they were given white robes, but there was just something about that body that's fashioned like unto his glorious body. They want. 
they wanted that. They, those are people that were slain for the Word of God. Yes, why did you take such a stand on the King James Bible? You'll know then. The Word of God and the testimony of Christ. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, you think of those things, two things. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, they started out by introducing evolution. Well, you know, you really believe in creation. Evolution's not a threat to you. So let's, let's have evolution taught in the schools. And they taught it. They brought it in. They got it passed. But then what do they do? They rule out teaching, teaching creationism. When I was living in Pensacola, they had a thing going on in public schools about uh, their science books. And I actually went and testified uh, before the school board. And I said, look, even our own government has recommended one of the science books that taught both evolution and creationism. Why wouldn't we allow both? Creationism knows it can stand against evolution. Oh, no, we can't do that, and they voted it down. Although there was even a book that was recommended by the state to do that. That's way back during Governor Graham's era. They didn't want it. They wanted nothing to do with it. I actually got, in the newspaper, got called Jim Jones. <laughs> no, no I, no, I got the other guy. Who, who was the other guy that uh, killed the movie star and all that? I forget the other guy's name, but that's when I got called. The other preacher got called Jim Jones. I told him, that's good, you're dead, I'm still living. Uh, but, but nonetheless, uh, that was a fight. This country built... With a constitution that was based on biblical principle, which is Old and New Testament, which we call it the Judeo-Christian ethic for that reason. Built on that, and yet they want to cut prayer out of the school. November 22nd, 1963, I was in school when it was came over the speaker. Our president has just been assassinated, John F. Kennedy. Guess what you did in the public school then? Even though prayer had already been outlawed and the Bible outlawed, we prayed. So the world's out to get God out of the country, out of the education system. They don't want anything to do with God. I've even found out in our own county, <laughs> there are some schools that the boys and girls, and this is from the testimonies of those that were there that are in it. Don't ask me which schools, which people, whatever, because I don't know. Just some testimonies of those that were there. That you're allowed to use the name of Jesus, but only as a curse word. Now you think about that. That, I think it kind of goes against uh, one of those uh, amendments, doesn't it, about uh, freedom 
of religion? Hmm. I wonder why they're attacking that. Because the devil knows that's a threat to him. That's why. Listen, uh, as long as I'm president of the school and pastor of this church, OCA is going to have prayer and Bible every day. And guess what else? This might rock your world, but it's, it's, it, it might really hurt if you're not saved. But guys are still him and girls are still her. Okay? Marriage is still one man to one woman. So that's the way it is. So what I'm trying to say to you is that uh, the world has done its best to try to get God completely out of this country, out of our education, away from our uh, children, everything. And so how much, they've been successful in a lot that they've done. That's why our schools are so safe now, isn't it? And a country sits in its rocker, oblivious that judgment is coming. Even now in the churches, I've got to feel good about myself. I've got to be entertained. You better hear the truth because the truth is what's going to give you the freedom to receive Christ as Savior. Without the truth, you don't know how to live this life without the truth, you're going to break hell wide open. And so there is coming a rapture that's going to catch the saved out of this uh, world when the Lord decides to judge it, when He judges it, He's going to judge it. He's going to have that seven years of tribulation where so many people die. And so we read again in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. In other words, those that are dead in the grave, they died in Christ. Their spirit's with the Lord but that body is going to resurrect. Nothing's going to prevent that. I mean, the devil could lay the, could build buildings on top of that. They could put a hundred layers of concrete on top of that grave. It won't stop. It won't stop when the Lord resurrects them. For the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. 
and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's a good place to say hallelujah, isn't it? Hallelujah, that's right. Now, think of these things in relationship to this promise. Because I haven't read yet the passage that talks about they that hold the truth in unrighteousness during this tribulation hour will not be able to be saved once the Lord comes. They'll be left behind, and it will be too late for them. They had a chance to be saved. They laughed it off. They made fun of it. They said all kinds of things against it. <laughs> not now. Man, I want to have fun. Not now. Even Christians, well, if I get right with the Lord, you know what people are going to do? And I, you know what I'm going to lose out on? And all this other stuff. And you're going to be going to heaven ashamed, empty-handed, responsible for other people going to hell because you didn't want to feel embarrassed in front of people about Jesus Christ. What a shame that is that we would be so cowardly as to do that. So if you're without Christ, you're left behind. You had a chance in this life to be saved, but you put it off, you're passed up. You're not going to get saved in the tribulation. Even as a Christian, I hope you've studied the Bible daily to ascertain His will for your present life. Did His will for your present life. Do you know God has a purpose? If you're saved, God has a purpose for you. Each and every one, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. If you're saved, you've got a call of God. He's even gifted you to be able to do it, whether you know it or not. But you must seek to, what is God's purpose for my life? And then you commit yourself daily to fulfill that purpose in your day-to-day -day living, in your vocation, or whatever it is from day-to-day you fulfill seeking the purpose of God daily in your contacts. Build towards fulfilling the purpose that God has for your life. Know what is pleasing and what is not pleasing to the Lord as you seek Him to fulfill His will for your life. Now look, every one of you ladies, every one of you men, have gotten to know that are married, and you've been married for a while, you know what not to say and what to say. You know what will bo bother your spouse and what will not bother your spouse. You know how to try to fix things now that you messed up. Oh, boy, there's just so many things. Why? Because you know the person. Get to know the person of Christ, and the only way you're going to get to know the person of Christ is to get into His Word daily, meditate on it daily, get up 30 minutes earlier, if you need to get up 30 minutes earlier, to be in the Word of God, to think on it, to take it with you wherever you go so that you've thought on it, and you might be able to share it with someone else, and it will help them. What is the purpose for your life? What gifts has He given you? Well, I don't know. I'm not real sure. Well, you better seek to know it because you're going to be called into an account for it as a Christian. You're going to be called into an account for what God's will is for you, his purpose for your life, and you don't do it. And what a shame, especially when the hidden things of darkness 
all those things the others don't know about, they're going to be revealed to the Christians. You realize 1 Corinthians 4, 5 is addressed to Christians. Those hidden thought, things of darkness are going to be revealed. You thought you got away with it, but oh no. Well, I told, I asked God to forgive me. You know how dumb that is? I robbed the bank. I killed three people. But I've repented. I've asked God to forgive me. It's all right now. I don't have to say anything to anybody else about it. I keep the money and those guys are dead. Well, when we say, well, God will just, I just ask God to forgive me and I don't need to deal with this other stuff. Wow, are you going to be embarrassed in heaven? You are really going to be embarrassed in heaven. Commit yourself to fulfill the will of God for your life, to seek His purpose for your life and do it. Know His person so well. What will hinder that? Your relationship with the world. When you allow the world to be stronger than the witness of Christ in you because you refuse to read it. Listen. It is the Word of God. Obeying it. Getting to know God's voice in your heart is familiar as the voice of your spouse in your ear. To know so Him so well that you'll find that each day as you seek Him each day, He both guides and He blesses you. You see, Christians, we can be hurt greatly by sin. Sin always keeps you from fulfilling God's purpose in your life. It takes your mind, it takes your heart, it takes your living to fulfill His will. Let me say that again. It takes your mind, it takes your heart, it takes your living to fulfill His will. Not waiting until you're in heaven to find out that God had a specific will for your life, and you got up there and you say, I didn't know that. I didn't know He had that for me to do. You didn't seek it. You didn't seek it, so you don't have it. Seek it fervently with your heart. You feared following God because you wanted to be relevant to the world, to the community, and you wouldn't be if you followed Him. Look, that is one of the things that 1 John 2.28 speaks about being ashamed at his appearing. Proverbs one twenty three says, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. That is our God speaking to us. He tells us to pour our heart out to him. He tells us to turn at His reproof. And, and, and as we do and we repent, we get things right with God. He pours out His Spirit. We have the fullness of His Spirit. And that should be something renewed every day. And it's always for our good. Now let me kind of sum everything up. I believe that the rapture could happen at any moment. It really could. The Bible teaches that. That we don't know the day or the hour. Somebody comes up and says, he's going to come up on this date, turn him off. They don't know. Only he knows the day or the hour. But he does let us know it could be at any time. 
We see things going on around our world, and, and we wonder, boy, is he going to come back? And he could. It could be. It could be that quick. And evidently, there are things that show us that we can know this coming pretty soon. Why? Because Hebrews 10, 24 says, Not forsaking the, manner, uh, the assembling of ourselves uh, together as the matter of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. You fall off in faithfulness to the church. You fall in faithfulness in being God's house. You fall off in your faithfulness in being a witness. You fall off in those things. And especially there it mentions the assembling of ourselves together and going to church. I don't need to be there Sunday. I don't need to be in Sunday school. I don't need to be there Wednesday. I don't need to be there for prayer. I don't need to be there for this. You really don't believe then that strongly that His coming is approaching. Because your actions will speak so much louder than your words and that will be revealed where all of heaven will see it one day. Now decide as a Christian if you're going to be a hindrance to souls getting saved or if you're going to be uh, one that is going to seek to get souls saved. You're not witnessing. You say, well, I'm not doing bad things. Are you being obedient to the Word of God? Are you seeking to fulfill His will? You're a hindrance. You're a hindrance. You've got to decide what you want to be. See, you don't define hindrance. God does. Now, let me also say this. I would still one billion times rather be in that bad Christian Shoes that are saved so as by fire. Now, I don't want to be in those shoes, but I'd rather a billion times more be saved so as by fire than to be a man without Christ in the best place in hell. There is no best place in hell, by the way. But the least amount of torment, which I don't know if there is a least amount of torment. They're tormented day and night forever and ever. They can't cease to exist. They can't escape. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins. It's time to do something about it. Don't worry about what people think. You better be most concerned about what does God think. He wants to save you and you reject it. Oh, how much in your mind you're saying, I'll put it off. I'll do this later. I want to have my fun now. Oh, if I do this, you know how people will be. I'll, I'll do it some other time. You're going to hear your mind repeating that when you're in hell. And it's too late. Christ will save you today, but you've got to come to Him. You've got to come to Him, repent, and believe the gospel. That's what the Bible says. Do it today. Let's bow our heads, please.